name is Rosie and I'm here with Jeremy and our special guest today is Elmer. So thank you so much for tuning in. We really hope you enjoy this episode and I'm going to pass over to Jeremy to introduce him properly. Thank you guys for joining us once again. Thank you very much, Elmer, for being with us today. Thank you for the invite. Um, so we met each other uh, through Adrian at one of the yoga slash fitness class uh, on Lincoln Road. Uh, rosy legs still remember Literally, the workout <laughs> every time I do a workout with you I can't walk for a whole week and I'm not even exaggerating like literally five to seven days I it hurts to sit to stand to do anything she, hate, she hates you every time oh, for like a few days yeah. <laughs> that means you have to do it more yeah, yeah. I know but I can't because then I can't do anything for a week and I'm like I'm not doing this again it hurts too much um but yeah so a few months ago when the the pandemic started you did an ig live with adrian and i learned a little bit about yourself uh so we thought that it'd be great to get to know you a little bit more so we could bring you along and, and you could share your whole story because you do have a very interesting story uh so if we go back to the beginning you are from chicago right I'm from a small town called Alton, Illinois, which is about four hours south of Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, I moved to Chicago when I finished, you know, my college and playing football. So okay. now I'm called Chicago home, pretty much. Yeah. And how long you've been in Miami now? Uh, three years. Okay. Oh, pretty much same than us then. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, we moved here in 2017. So. Okay. Yeah, that's when I came. I came in November. We came in December. December. So yeah, literally pretty much at <laughs> the same time. <laughs> Um, so to go back to your life in, in, uh, Illinois, uh, so between your hometown and, and Chicago, uh, do you want to tell us a little bit about your childhood and, and growing up? Cause I know that was, uh, a bit eventful, let's say. Yeah. It was, it, yeah. That's, <laughs> man, it's very eventful. Well, let's see. So like I said, I'm from a small town called Alton. It's a very, very rural town. Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe it's a big town with about maybe twenty thousand people. Mm-hmm. Um, very, very conservative, you know, very um black and white, you know, only thing you can do there is, you know, play football, wrestle and run. Yeah. You know, it was nothing else, you know, the fun was hanging out at the local, you know, Walmart. Yeah. That's you know, one of those towns. Um, grew up I was playing sports, you know, my um Initially, of course, I was I was raised by my mom. It was five kids, and my mom was special. She had some issues, you know. She struggled with drugs. She struggled with alcohol. You know, there was a lot going on there. Um, so when she just she left us when I was around ten, and that's my dad came and got us. Mm-hmm. You know, so but, but by that time I was a ten year old in the. 10 year old physically, but like 18 mentally, okay. you know, just based off of, you know, the things I've seen, you know, the things I've been through, you know, the, the struggle, you know, all of that stuff, you know, so, and I was a very angry child, you know, just very, very angry, hmm. you know, so my, and my dad noticed that. So he put me into football and basketball and track and, baseball and anything I could do to kind of get that energy 
you know, off me. And it was it was a blessing, you know, because I ended up going pretty far as it pertains to sports and academics. Hmm. Um, were you the the oldest of the five? Or? No, I was. I'm the middle. I'm the third. I okay. have um, two older sisters, an older brother, and then it's myself, and then it's my little sister. Okay. Well, she's yeah. not little, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have a little brother, and he'll always be my little brother. He's, he's, he's taller than me, but he's always my little brother. <laughs> oh, that's true. That's true. That's true. Yeah. And when when you say that you were uh, 18 years old in, in the body of a 10 years old, um, that was in a sense that you had to grow up quickly because of the situation with your family in terms of like looking after your your siblings and, and things like that? Exactly, you know, because we were, you know, we're, we're homeless. We lived in, a, you know, for a while we lived in projects. You know, I can remember being in the back of our station wagon. We lived, I went to about, eight and this not exaggerating about eight elementary schools wow. you know so we moved around a lot a lot we we're like nomads you know just going from place to place in search of shelter and food you know that was the life of me and my siblings you know and it, it's but when you're that young you really don't realize that you're poor it's kind of fun because oh yeah i'm here i'm there but as you get older you're like holy crap why what's going on I, can't, I don't even want to make friends because I'll be gone out of the school in two months. Mm. You know, so it was challenging, you know, and it, and it took a toll. And, and, and I'm 44 now, and even though that was years ago, it still shaped who I am. Yeah. It's amazing that your mum was able to look after five kids whilst also having the issues with, you know, the drugs and the alcohol and being homeless and trying to, I mean, managing all of that together must have been... No. Challenge, yeah. Well, well, I had a stepdad. My stepdad was there too. Okay. okay. Yeah, and he was the one that you know got her. Well, I can't blame him because she makes she's an adult. You make your own choices. Mm. But he introduced her to it. Uh, okay. You know, you know, so them together, you know, it was you know, like a dysfunctional, um, lampoon vacation family. Mm. National lampoon, you know, it was it was it was horrible. But you know. At the same time, like, there were some good spots in there as well. And even if you've moved around at school, so eight, uh, eight different schools, uh, did you feel that was good for you in the sense of maybe that was like a sense of uh, like normality to, to ground you, to have like a, a better environment, or, or that was rough as well? You know, it, it, that's a good question. You know, for, it was, now that I look back on it, um, it was very emotionally challenging, mm-hmm. you know, because you make these good friends, you know, and then you're gone right. and you never see them again, hmm. you know, or you make a connection with the teacher and then bam, you know, it's, it's, it's there. So what happens is it makes a person, at least for me and some of my siblings have issues with commitment. You know, because we're not used to being in the committed relationships. The committed relationship is one with the teacher, with the best friend. You know, those are, those are relationships and those are committed yeah. relationships. Yeah, yeah. You know, and when you bounce around from place to place, you're not building that skill set on how to keep that. Yeah, you know, that makes sense. You know, so it's, it's been a struggle for myself and you know, my siblings, and I'm better now, you know, but 
I see my siblings struggle with that. Hmm. And I know kids can be mean to each other. Oh man, uh, I saw it. Every, I saw it for we, years. We've all went through that kind of things. Uh, like based on your on your situation, on being homeless, etc. Like how how was that at school? Like did you had to go through some shit from other kids and stuff like that, or you know, no, I, I really didn't. You know, um, there was a few times when you know kids would try to say things to me, mm. but they they learned quickly okay. that you know I wasn't the one you want to say something to. Maybe we should say that. I mean, you are like <laughs> fit food or something. Like you're a big guy, so yeah, I guess that helped. You know, but you know what's you know what's funny is that I was actually a very very small kid. Oh. But I was a very quiet kid. Interesting. And um, I didn't argue. I just responded physically. Mm. You know, so they knew that if you say something to Elmer, he's going to smack you. <laughs> Or, you know, and, and, and he's not going to stop. And he's, you know, and he won't stop because I have all this energy in me. And I still do. Even now as an adult, I, I can go and go and go and go and not stop. Hence your sore legs after the workout, you know. <laughs> yeah, but now you can channel it. <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. You have the tools now. Right, 100%. percent. <laughs> When you did them before, so, yeah. <laughs> Take out on all your students. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, it was good, but um, but yeah, but that I didn't have an issue with that. Like I said, the first week of school they would try, but yeah. by the time the first two weeks was over, it was done. Okay. They they come up to my side and would be yeah. my friend. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, and I've never been to Illinois or to or Chicago, so my knowledge about the region is not great. Uh, but um, growing up as a black kid and with a black family in this in this state, how, Mid how Midwest? Yeah, like I don't know. You know, I mean, for if. Been in the Midwest, you know, it's, again, it's, I love the Midwest. You know, it's, it's, the people are friendly, you know, it's a very hard working region, you know, of the, of the U.S. And, and Illinois and Chicago, it's, they pride themselves on being hard workers, you know, blue collar, hard, you know, rural workers. Right. Mm -hmm. And um, it's a great place to be. But, it's, but to answer your question, You know, growing up, you know, you would see, and I did see, you know, a lot of, you know, racism and, you know, kids calling and adults calling, you know, me or, you know, someone the N-word and, you know, when, and it was, was unfortunate, you know, it didn't hurt my feelings per se, but it made me angry, you know, to the point where, again, I didn't argue with people yeah. I just responded mm. you know so I grew up fighting you know a lot um, and I never started anything it was just that I was protecting myself or I was protecting my sister you know at least that's how I framed it in my head yeah you know but even um, but but even as an adult I can recall a time where it's actually it's, it's funny now But when I was going through it, it was some it was bull crap. I went parked this particular parking spot, and this woman came up, and this white woman came up in her van, 
And I was like, hey, you can't park there. So I look at her and I was like, huh, whatever. So I, so I ignore her. So I keep walking, you know, towards the door. And then she's like tracking me with her van. Hey, you can't park there. Hey, you, I'm talking to you. So I look at her and I say, um, have a good day, ma'am. And I blew her a kiss, right? Oh, she took her van, brother and sister, <laughs> and rammed it into me and like hit me in her van. It was nuts. She was nuts. Oh, yeah, she was Jesus. freaking crazy. <laughs> you know, so my. It, like, how well, like well, the, well, here's like, the thing I'm not going to fall um, unless you run. And like, like the doctor said, he was like, if I were a lesser man, I would, it would have done some damage. Because as a football player, I, mm. you know, I was a pretty big guy back then. And she hit me from the side. So I kind of stumbled, but I didn't fall. I kind of kept my balance. But um, mm. my initial reaction was just to dismantle her car with my hands. But um, mm. I'm 6'3", 240-pound black man. This is a white woman. That's the first thing that pops into my head. So it wouldn't be a good situation. So I called the police. I called 911. And as I'm walking over to her car, I can hear her on the phone to 911 saying, there's a big black man beating on my car. I'm like, you effing B. <laughs> I was like, I said, holy shit. And so anyway, so the cops came and the cop that came with a female white cop, then I already knew. I was like, you know what? This is some bullshit. I know what's going to happen. And what I thought was going to happen did happen. You know, she was let go. She was incited. You know, it was just a lot of bull. So if the roles were reversed, I would have been taken to jail immediately. There would have been no questions. Yeah. I purposely assault you with my car. Yeah. You're going to jail. Yeah. But that's just, but yeah. when I saw it, I wasn't surprised. I, I knew it was going to happen. You know, so thank, mm -hmm. so thank God, you know, they had video cameras in the, um, in the parking lot, you know, and then so we got the cameras, they ended up suing her and things like that, and it all ended up working out in the long run. But it was like a four or five year, you know, court battle, court battle, you know, because, yeah, because the people, because the cops were lying, you know, everybody was lying. It was just disgusting. Yeah. It's, it's, I think it's great that you managed to control yourself, I guess, because you, you would have reacted off. In any way, like I guess you, you it would, it could have been, been pretty bad for you. Like it's, it's amazing that you've been able to ground yourself and 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 keep your emotion under control. You know, right? and that's and again, that's just from growing the way that I grew up. You know, again, you know, having to grow up fast and knowing that, mm. you know, all of my reactions can get me in trouble. And I learned that in college because I reacted in college. Yeah. I was going to say, you must have been in some trouble if you yeah, kept having I, fights you know, I did. all the time. You know, it's funny because I got into a, a situation when I was in college and the dean, also not the dean, the, um, the uh, uh, who was it? It was the superintendent of colleges. He called me to his office. He was like, Elmer, you have a choice. You can either be sent home and lose your scholarship or go to anger management. And I was like, What? I was like, oh, anger management, I'll go. You know, and I, so it was it was just crazy. Even with even with that situation, I wasn't I never started anything. It was just some guy, you know, just talking a lot of mess to one of my friends who was smaller. And I just said, if you really that tough, say it to me. 
and he thought he was that tough, and he said it, and I, and I reminded him that he wasn't that tough. <laughs> you know, I gave him a reminder. <laughs> yeah. You know, and then it got back to you know the um oh was my athletic director, and then he was like, I heard about the situation. You know, you're lucky he's not suing you. Blah blah blah. But you gotta go to anger management, and it was the best thing I could have done. Mm-hmm. It was, and I still use those tools that I learned, you know, from counting down to 10, from breathing, from thinking before you react. That's my main thing now. I think about everything that can happen. It's like in a split second, a thousand thoughts will go through my mind. Or what can happen if I make this particular decision? You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so you're right. I, you know, learned how to you know, channel and think and record it. Not record it, but, you know, um, act accordingly when, when put in those situations. Yeah. That is so interesting because, so you went from that to becoming a teacher and then a principal of a school. <laughs> oh, yeah. How did that you know, happen? Because <laughs> there's no logic know, connection you know here. <laughs> and here's the reason why. You know, it's funny because folks always ask me that. Because for me, school growing up was so bad that I didn't want any other kid to to experience school without experience school. You know, so mm. I mean, the teachers were bad. I had racist teachers. You know, the curriculum was horrible. You know, I mean, there was no social emotional um, connection or or resources to help students like myself who needed those resources. You know, to be successful. So. Right. Yeah, it was that was one of the reasons. Another reason was when I moved like the sixth time from um, my third grade school. I remember vividly, the principal had said to my mom, he was like, you know, Elmer, he's a little bit feisty, you know, but he's going to do some good things. He's going to be great. And I was maybe 10 when he said that, and I still use that today as like fuel and, and fire and you know, to just push me. And those words, I'm telling you, that guy, he didn't know it, but those words really, really pushed me to be who I am today. And that's why I became a principal, I'm a teacher. You know, because school sucked. Had one principal who believed in me, and I wanted to be that, I wanted to be that principal to a kid that's like me. You know, so that's why I did it. That's so like inspirational, but it's it's interesting because I hated school as well. Um, I went to a pretty bad school with like fights all the time and just not great. But it pushed me the opposite way, where like you couldn't pay me enough money to go back and be a teacher or spend any time in a school because I just hated it that much. I would never do that as a job. So it's, in- it's interesting that it swayed you the opposite way, where like I don't want to have that. I don't want other kids to have that experience, so I'm going to help them instead. It's interesting how like both of us didn't enjoy school, but both right, had like, completely right. yeah, different reactions you know. to it. I mean, for me, it's always been about helping people not experience the pain that I've experienced, you know, in everything, in every facet of life. And that was just one way of me doing that, you know, in the educational world. Yeah, that's your two cents of, to, to the community. <laughs> um, how, how was that? How was that being like a, a, a teacher and then a principal? Uh, did you, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing, I'm assuming that obviously you used your own experience to 
to bring your touch like to to you know like bring everyone up don't let kids uh in a back like you said and like trying to bring everyone together i guess you used all all the knowledge and all the experiences that you went through to yeah you know for for me because i went right. to the I'll, i always look for schools that were in the worst of the worst districts you know because those are kids mm -hmm. that needed me most and i knew those kids because i was that kid you know and i want and i want them to see that just because you're in that situation does not mean you have to stay there you know you don't, you don't have to yeah it's hard and of course being a black man or a black female we have to work extra hard well especially if you're a black female you're black and a woman so now you gotta work double hard yeah. you know and for me as a black man you know you have to be you know you know extra articulate in quotes air quotes you know you gotta be extra dressed up you know there's a lot of things that we have to be extra in and um i wanted to show them that it's really not about being extra it's just about you know being the best you can be you know and and if you be the best you can be and always do right the universe will reciprocate and everything will fall into your place you know but you got to push though you got to push Yeah, because quite, quite often you see, especially when, when, when you are, I guess, in this kind of neighborhood, it's hard to find mm -hmm. some hope there because you, you, you can see that your teacher oh, yeah. don't give a crap. Uh, you can see that there's no money, so you can see that the whole system doesn't give a crap about you. Uh, so I guess that's usually fueling anger and, and, and fear and resentment and all these bad feelings so I'm, I'm i'm sure having someone like you to tell them look i've been there but there is not just one path like you can make it like you can get out of this vicious cycle and and you can make something on your life you know like there is there is hope here. the word right there is is hope but here's the thing being an educator in a place like South Side of Chicago and the West Side of Chicago, or even in back in my hometown, that's just as worse as Chicago. It's more about trust. You know, that's the big thing. The, if the kids don't trust you, then um, you're not going to go anywhere with them. You know, so you have to earn, you know, their trust. And that was one thing that a lot of my teachers struggled with because they didn't live in our community. You know, and that's why it's important for me as an educator, even though I didn't live in the community, I spent time in the community. I spent time at the Boys and Girls Clubs. I spent time time walking around the parks. I spent time ha having my face be seen by the gang members, the drug dealers, the moms, the dads. So they knew me. You know, they knew me and they learned to trust me mm. as, you know, and, and some and I get it, you know, it's it's Chicago and it's the West Side and it's scary and folks get shot and they get killed all the time, every day. And, it's, and some teachers don't want to do that. But those are the teachers who have the most issues in their classrooms because the kids don't trust you. Mm -hmm. You don't you don't know me. You've never even been to my house. You don't know me. They can't Yeah, because I guess they can't relate, right? You can't relate. Like, is it, is no. it, yeah. And that was why I was so successful as an educator is because, one, I know how it is to be poor. Two, I know how it is to struggle. And three, I know how it is to, to overcome that. 
you know, and for me, I didn't have that particular role model to just pull me out of it. Hmm. I was just born with this self innate um, drive to just to not let anyone beat me. You're not going to make fun of me or I'm going to kick your ass. You're not going to get better grades than me. I'm going to work harder than you. You're not going to score more touchdowns than me. I'm, you score three touchdowns, I'm going to score four touchdowns. You know, that's just how my mentality was. You know, and it's, I'm just a different dude. Even my wife says, you're so different. You said, calm down. You're so calm down. You know, <laughs> you know but everyone's not built that way. It's interesting because seeing you right now also you're really calm and really like grounded like obviously like when when you teach you're full of energy and there is this fire inside you but you're also someone really thoughtful someone mm. i would say wise i'll take in that sense. Uh, that's, <laughs> what I feel. that's what i feel uh <laughs> no, don't call me wise. <laughs> <laughs> i'll take it uh, no, but it's, yeah, it's interesting to see those yeah. those two sides. It's funny you say that because that's exactly what it is. I mean, I, I've learned throughout the years to compartmentalize, you know, different things. I can turn things on and turn things off, you know, instantly, you know. And, but again, it's because the way that I was, I grew up, you know, I had to, you know, Look, when you know when, when someone has struggled and suffered a lot, their their tolerance for life is deepened. Meaning that a lot of things can affect me. So I'll just cut it off. And I'll deal with that later. Or I'll just go hard over here and be calm over here. You know, and it's it's like flipping a switch. Mm. You know, is it um moody? No, I'm not really moody, because I'm not a I don't get angry. You know, I get annoyed. But, I mean, it's just, mm. I've been angry. I was angry for 20 plus years. Yeah. I don't want to go there anymore. Yeah. You know, so now just, mm. I'm very calm. I'm very calm. This is me now, mm. right here. You know, <laughs> unless I'm teaching yeah. or training someone, <laughs> then you get, you know, energy. Then you get energy on me. <laughs> this is, <laughs> yeah, this is calm on yeah. Um, so just, just for me to have an idea of like the timeline, uh, how many years have you been a teacher? Yeah, for 20, almost 20 years. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Okay. Um, the question I'm asking is because on your Instagram page, you have a picture, well, two pictures of yourself next to each other. One now, uh, being pretty fit. Very fit. Are you joking? <laughs> incredibly fit. And one when oh, you were yeah. forty years old. No, uh, not that fit. Mm. Let's say. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm, I'm guessing when you went to the teaching principal, you left rocking out on the <laughs> side and like. Can no, you yeah, tell me about my, princi that? my principal body. Yeah. 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 You, know what, you know what? What happened? I just when you become an administrator. You really give your all to the school and the kids and the parents and the community. And we tend to forget to take care of ourselves. Because if you look at a lot of administrators, at least in Illinois, I'll probably say about 90% of them are, are overweight. You know, because we get up at 6 a.m., I'm at the school, 
from 6 a.m. I'm walked I walk the grounds. I'm there till 7 p.m. Sometimes 9 p.m. if we have a basketball game or a volleyball game. And the teachers bring donuts and then there's birthday cakes, and you got the cafeteria food, which is disgusting but good. You know, and you just it's just so bad. And you wake up one day, yeah. you're 250 pounds. That's how much I was. I was 250. And um, I was like, holy crap. What what happened? But I didn't mean, I didn't even know it was happening to me until I saw that picture. It just catches you off guard. It's yeah. like a ghost. I mean, it just hops on you. You know, but then when I saw it, I was like, okay. I better fix that. I better fix. So then did you train yourself or did you hire someone to Well, actually what happened was I was in I was walking the halls and my um my heart started acting kind of funny. So I had to go to, so I got rushed to the emergency room from my school, you know, and all the, all the kids, oh, Mr. Me, oh, he's going to be, you know, it was, it was traumatic for my students, you know, for my teachers, my secretary, you know, and even for myself. And my doctor was like, the cardiologist was like, you have high blood pressure, your magnesium, your selenium, your potassium, all your isms are low. And yeah. yeah. And what are you going to do? And I'm like, fudge, man, I'm not even supposed to be like this. So the, mm. um, by the week later, I went to the track. I said, I'll just go run a mile. And I went to the track, and I could run one lap. Not one lap. I was so angry. I was angry. And I mean, to the point where I was, like, cursing. So, oh, yeah, I was angry. With yourself? And I used that anger to drive. So to answer your question, I... I trained myself. I, exactly. So you switched. Exactly. <laughs> you know, about. so I used that anger to get me up every morning at five, go to the track, and run one lap and walk a lap. Run one lap, walk a lap. Then I ran two laps, walk a lap. Then I ran three laps. Then I ran four laps. Then I'm running. Then I go to the. Then I will go to the gym at night. So I would run in the morning and then go to the gym at night. So I work out twice a day. And then I stopped eating red meat. I stopped eating bread. I stopped eating dairy. I stopped doing salt. You know, um, and I just totally, completely just went crazy. But in a good way, you know, because I lost, I had lost like 30 pounds in like 30 days. You know, it was just something like just, just, I was obsessed. You know, and then um, in about a year, uh, about a year, in about four months, and I mean about three months, I dropped about four. 40 pounds yeah and wow. as you can see i kept it i kept it off <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah um and so what happened then you got so addicted to it that you thought i'm gonna that's gonna be my job actually so here's a funny thing i always wanted to be a personal trainer you know, but um, I was a teacher and I was an educator. So that always came first. And even my wife, she had brought me a Denazem personal training, training certification um, stuff like 10 years ago. Well, like eight years ago, but I never used it. It just, it just wasn't time. But when I, after I changed my body and changed myself, and I was like, you know what? It's about time for me to help other people. So um, then I just spent another two years in this in, in, in the um, in administration. I was like, you know what? I'm forty. Nope. Forty. I'm be forty-one. Let me just resign. 
moved to Florida with my wife and become a trainer. And that's what I did. And it's been like nothing but positives. It's been actually been, it's been amazing. You know, I, I moved here. I became the, um, I went to Equinox, became a trainer, a trainer there. Um, it's funny. Let me tell you that quick story. You know, so I went there. They were like, how old are you? I was like, 40. I'm like, yeah, but why do you want to be a trainer? I said, why not? Why would I want to be a trainer? She was like, well, no, you're a little bit older than everyone else. I said, okay, and that means what? You know, and I came in in my suit. I was suited in my principal suit and everything for a personal training job, right? <laughs> and then she's like, well, what's your, what's your, what's your goal? Yeah. <laughs> I said, my goal is to be the number one trainer. She's like, no, I mean, really, what's, what's your goal? I said, I, I just told you what my goal was. Well, you know, that, you know, takes some time. I said, no, it won't. She's like, oh, you're a little bit cocky, huh? Cocky, huh? I said, no. So I'm not cocky at all. I just know who I, I just know myself. I know who I am. <laughs> so um, then another girl jumped in. Come in here. We're going back and forth. Me and this other woman, you know, because I didn't really, I didn't care. I had nothing to lose. So a big woman didn't hire me. And then within three months, I was number two trainer in the club. But then they're like, then I was like, holy shit, this guy's for real. And then another three months, I'm the manager of the club. I took, I took her job. <laughs> You know, yeah, you know, and um, yeah, and it was good, you know, and then I you know, made the decision to leave Equinox because it just wasn't big enough for me, um, meaning that I couldn't reach the amount of people that I wanted to reach. I wanted to reach more people, you know, and so I left there and started my own LLC, which is mm-hmm. Elmer Hickman Method, you know, then I um, started my outside training then i teamed up with adrian um working with him with the warrior flow then i also expanded my reach to really help you know more people be um better stewards of their bodies and you know and help them as it pertains to um knowing how to eat learning how to breathe knowing how to drink water when to drink water and just you know giving people the basic skills of uh, survival because that's what it is you know being healthy i mean it's survival you know, and that's how I see it. Either you're healthy or you die. You know, a long and agonizing, unhealthy death. And it's not fun. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> God, I'm going to go work out after this. I'm going to take a nap. I yeah, think we're gonna have to work out instead. There you go. Yeah, we can put one of his classes on the computer, oh God, and yeah. here we are. <laughs> um, What's what's interesting is um, you, so you acquire the skill. You can train people now. You are into this this new uh, domain. But once again, rather than I don't know, you know, staying at Equinox and I don't know, aiming to train I don't know CEOs or whatever you could be doing, you decide to go for the community. Uh, My business is is like a. It's a walking dichotomy, you know, so um, my clients that I train now, I do train the CEOs. I train, you know, guys from, you know, MSNBC, guys from TV, some Hall of Fame football players. Those are my clients. And then I have a community part of me, too. And then that's the warrior flow, you know, where I'm at. Right. Yeah, well, you need to make a living, so that's fine. I mean, it's, it makes sense, but you, you, you could just stay there. You could just 
do that, get the money, be happy, you know, and go yeah. home and hit the beach and that's it. Like, <laughs> like, yeah, like a lot of people do that. So and it's fine, but 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 no, you decide to spend your Sundays or your Thursday evening uh, doing community class. Yeah, mm -hmm. like, so that right. we can see the side of you coming back to no exactly more exactly. It's funny because. Um, someone asked me, like, why are you doing those class, those free classes for? Well, you don't even have to. I said, that's why I'm doing them. Because they're free classes. You know, and everyone, mm -hmm. you know, don't have the deep pockets mm -hmm. like you have. And this is one, one of my former teammates. And, um, and plus, it allows me to do what I always wanted to do, which is to teach and reach the masses. Because it's not about the money. You know, that's, that's, not even, that's not even why I do it. You know, it's just, again... I've always wanted to be a teacher or a firefighter. You know, those are my two main jobs, teacher or firefighter. And it's because my spirit likes to just give and help, you know, and, and really, I just, yeah, I, I just have this urge in me to just want to help and be there for people, you know. So hence, that's why I love Warrior Flow. It's actually, that's my shirt right now. That's what I'm wearing now. <laughs> You know, and that, and it gives me, you know, I'm not a teacher anymore and, and I'm not in education, but Warrior Flow gives me that feeling like I am. That's the thing, it's interesting that you've kind of gone from, so you did a lot of sports as a child and then you went into education and now you've combined the two to kind of teach sports in a way. Obviously, it's not like teaching sports, but it's, you know, you kind of. Well, that's good, that's how I explain it when I'm, you know, I meet, when I meet people. Put them into one, so. you know, I'm talking to my clients to, to when I'm doing a sale, per se. Yeah. That's exactly what I say. I combine uh, my background in education and my background in sports, and I create a program just for you to help you be successful. That's my pitch, per se. What's interesting also, I think, is um, you you come from a place where, let's say, you didn't get much as a child. Like you, the 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 school, the society, the everything didn't give you that much, uh, and you know that could be that could put you in a path of. If somehow I can make it, I'm just gonna take and take because you know I didn't had anything before, so it's just gonna be me, me and myself, and and I'm gonna, I don't know, like compensate the thing. But no, you are going to the other way. It's like I didn't get anything, so I'm just gonna give as much as I can because I know what it is to be on the other side. Uh, that's, I mean, it's it's inspiring because, yeah, it's amazing. I think. What it is. Cause I know that I know that feeling. That is, and I don't want folks to have that feeling. You know, so let me try to ease as much as I can. Like there's no selfishness. I mean, selfishness I, in, in you. Yeah, and I and I try my best not to be. I don't want you, you know, to have um, that. So only time you really see that side of me is if I'm playing you in a game of basketball. I'm not going to let you. You know, you're not going to beat me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, I get you know. I want the ball. Give me the ball. Let me let me win the game. You know, yeah. let me win. You know, that's the only time I'll. But that's the whole different. But again, but that's the whole other side of me, though. You know. Yeah, <laughs> no, definitely. I think both can go together. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Correct. Um, 
correct me if I'm mistaken, but you got five kids, right? Oh man, age. Yeah. Well, you're already my age. Um, wow, what uh, age is it? Twenty-six, twenty-three, twenty, fourteen, twelve. Mm. Oh yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. So you're a young dad. Yeah, I was seventeen. Yeah, I was seventeen. The first one, twenty-six. I had him. Mm. Oh yeah. yeah. You know what? Wow. It wasn't bad actually because. How was that? My family, my I was by that time I was with my dad. My dad, he was he was a, he's a great guy, you know. So my family knew her family, and they were upset. But because it was we're good people, it all kind of worked out, you know. It wasn't that bad at all, you know. Again, when I was seventeen, I was like twenty five, you know. So I was the typical seventeen year old, you know. Yeah. I was you know yeah. working and playing sports and mm. looking about you know. For, towards the future and you know things like that so i was a bit more a bit more mature than the the average 17 year old boy yeah i was a bit more mature so i just you know, <laughs> yeah made it work yeah. that makes sense hmm. that's amazing makes sense. and once again i'm trying to relate to the how you grew up and everything you went through like it must be interesting uh raising kids uh considering everything you've been through in terms of uh, giving them a right education um helping them out with uh what right. you've been through growing up as a black kid over there and all you had to yeah, do is like have to. teaching them all, it's a must. all those signs of life it's, it's, it's a must i mean we a full time I job mean, my dad told me <laughs> You know, it's something that, you know, we've been doing for hundreds of years. You know, I hate to say it. I mean, if you go back to the, six, the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, you know, look, 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 I'm not a cop basher. My father was a police officer. He was a sergeant, you know, for, for 25 years. And he became a police officer for the same reason why I became a teacher. Because he, he saw the injustices that the cops were doing to our, to our family, to their neighborhood. You know, he saw the corruption, you know, the racism. So he said, okay, let me just be a part of it and try to help as much as I could. And he, and he did. You know, I mean, I remember they hated his guts. But when he became a sergeant, you know, some quit, you know. Um, he hired, you know, some more black, off, black officers, you know, folks who look like us, you know, to help patrol the streets. But you saw a lot of the injustices that was going on um, as it pertains to blacks and cops in our town. So that's why I became a cop, you know, to stop it. You know, so I'm just my dad, but in education. You know, and it's funny because growing up, I, I said, oh, dad, I want to be a police officer. He's like, no, you don't. No, you can't be one. You know, do anything but be a police officer. And I was like, why? He's like, because the shit that I go through trying to keep them off your back and off the backs of other people. It's just not worth it. You know, so, yeah, because I just want to be an FBI agent, but he he stole that dream from me. <laughs> you know. <laughs> but I'm curious about what you just said. Uh, did he say that in a sense... Uh, it's hopeless. There's no way you can change the system. Basically, do you think is that what I mean? Plus years, and he fought tooth and nail to you know get those racist cops out of, out of the um, out of the force. Hmm. And then I remember there were some who were 
trying to get me, and it was just just real. Yeah. He was just tired, and of the unfairness and the inequality, and he didn't want his son to go through that stuff. I would, want my, I would want my son to do it. You know, so I think I think that was his him being a dad, wanting to protect mm. his son. Okay. You know. Oh, the first three. Okay. Oh yeah. All, all, they're all in, they're all do sports. They're all in, yeah. Yeah, all this boy, yeah. He was a state, um, played second in state in wrestling. Now he works in Charlotte. <laughs> um, my other boy, he is in Wyoming doing football, strength training. Mother, then the other one, he's 20, and he's in Chicago. Work at, uh, in school. Yeah. Then my 14-year-old, she's here with me. Yeah. <laughs> um, how's life in Miami compared to Chicago? And that's the only good thing about it, honestly. It's it's, war it's hot. It's oh, sweatier. Yeah. Oh yeah, I love Chicago. <laughs> I mean, the people, the food, the service. <laughs> you know, only thing Miami has over Chicago is the weather, and that's about it. But for, yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah. Okay. Really. It is. There's so much to do. There's so much. It depends what you like. I love history. I love architecture. I love art. I love museums. You know, yeah. So you'll love Chicago. That's all Chicago is. It's just a big museum. She does. In a big architectural, you know, town. It's beautiful. Love to death. And the people, like here in Miami, you got a lot of. You see it. You know, a lot of folks who just. It's Miami. You know, but in Chicago, you get that Midwestern hospitality. And it's, it's a real thing. Yeah. Yeah, you gotta go. Yeah. 100% recommend it. Right. Exactly. Well, we should have been going in June, but obviously COVID happened. Yeah. So <laughs> but we, we had the ticket flight yeah, booked. And oh, everything. that'd be nice. So yeah, but nice. Real nice. One day we'll yeah, do. We'll One day we'll postpone. plan on doing a big road trip around the States. Yeah. And see <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, Before I ask the last question, do you have something else? I think so. No. I've got one last question that uh, we ask every guest at the end of the episode. Um, if you could have a conversation with someone that you think is like the most interesting pe person in your eyes, uh, not as like a celebrity, you know, just in your eyes, like who's well, like someone super interesting. Yeah. And you would love to have a conversation with uh, who would you pick? I mean, can be dead or alive as well. Yeah, whatever. I'm very um, interested, mm. and I tend to lean more towards the Eastern. Um, not really religions, because it's not really a religion, but more towards the the Eastern spirituality practices, as opposed to more the Western culture, um, which is one of the reasons why I'm more calm now. Yeah. You know, because I've 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 gravitated towards, you know, their teachings of, you know, um, being one with the universe. You know, we're all connected, you know, be centered, be calm. You know, the words you speak or the things you create, mm -hmm. you know, so that's more of where I am. Now I just want to learn just more on how to be that way. How to be more, you know, centered, how to be more calm, how to connect with my inner self, you know. And, and I'm sure I'll have a ton of questions for him, mm -hmm. you know. But that's, that's who I would like to be. 
Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. When did you start your spirituality? You know like, what? So I was born, I mean, raised in my family on my mom's side. They're all Pentecostal or? Christians, you know. So I was raised in the Christian faith, you know. So I do have that, that foundation. However, um, I've just, I've seen some things in that particular, I've just seen some things that kind of pushed me away from that. You know, so um, one of the, not wanting to find something, I, I have found it. You know, I just and once I was then I was like stuck on that, but I was confused. And oh, this was maybe about five years ago. You know, and I was just confused because like, why is this happening? Why? What's going on here? Let me just do some reading. Let me take a step back and just learn more about who I am and just read up on all these different you know um, religions and these different you know spiritual walks and. Um, I came across the Tao Te Ching, you know, um, the Buddhist writings, you know, Hindu writings, and, and I was like, okay, I can feel my spirit gravitating towards those things, and I'm huge when it comes to um, the vibrational frequencies and energy, and mine, you know, leans more towards you know the Hindu, the Buddhist, you know, towards that realm, you know. So now I'm still in that journey. And just trying to figure out, you know, um, how I can be a better version of me using those principles. Well, I'll take that from you, young man. <laughs> yeah, so you're wise and you're getting wiser. <laughs> See? <laughs> that was fun. I appreciate it. it was very, I'm glad we got a chance to do this because um, my, my schedule is well, just thank you nuts. so much for as we said with us, you know, I really enjoyed talking to you. You know, and it worked out because two of my clients have rescheduled, so it was like perfect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we made it happen. Um, <laughs> um, you can go to my Instagram, which is elmer.hickman, or any questions on training Facebook, or which is Elmer Hickman Jr. And I'm right, right there. Or my website is mm -hmm. www.elmerhickman.com. So, yeah, pretty simple. Okay. Perfecto, young man. I appreciate that. Perfect. I will link everything <laughs> in the note of the episode, so I'll, I'll make it easy for people to get in touch with you. <laughs> well, thank you so much, and thank you so much, everybody, for listening. We really hope you enjoyed this episode. We'll be back next Wednesday with a brand new episode as well, so come back for that one. Um, make sure you share this episode if you think anybody would be interested in listening, and, yeah, we'll, we'll yeah. see you next week. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, man. All right, perfect. That was fun, man. I